When darkness seems to end Where are you now When the world is crumbling Oh, I, I, I hear you say This is Moment of Clarity with special guest host Ed Bondarenka and co-host Phil Stargell. And I'm the producer, Derek Stone. Hey folks, welcome to Moment of Clarity, and that's exactly what we hope to have today is a moment of clarity. I'm joined here, as, as our producer Derek said, with Phil Stargell, host of Abolitionist Roundtables on Saturday mornings, as you know, 9 a.m. currently, 9 to 10, and I, uh, I urge you to listen to that. Uh, we hope to have a good show today for you. Uh, not so good a show that Rick never lets us have the mic again <laughs> because we embarrass him by being too good. Um, so we've got a couple callers calling in today, and then we'll take calls later, if you don't mind, after a moment of sports. So listen closely to the conversation. We want to talk about uh, morality in America. Uh, this being Moment of Clarity, Pastor Rick's show, we you know, it's a, a culture thing, it's a, a right-to-life thing, it's a, a biblical thing, and, you know, I think how we, approach, um, how we approach the abortion question sums that all up. And uh, so that having been said, uh, I have a friend, Allison Murkowski, who's the, um, oh, what was the director of yeah. Vote Biblically, yeah. and um, actually I'm kind of Please, in fact, Derek, put Allison on right now, please. Might as well talk to her instead of let her just listen. <laughs> Hi, Allison. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hi, Ed. Hi, Phil. Good to, Hi. good to be on this program. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were talking, <laughs> I forgot you knew Phil, too, so that is a I bonus. So, like I So, like I was saying, you are actually, one of the things, like you and I were saying yesterday, one of the things I owe you in life is that it was because of you that Bill Federer Spent the night in my house. We had dinner with him. Went to Big Sky Diner. Uh, went to Hobbs. Uh, had breakfast at the Bomber Restaurant the next morning, and, and had a great time talking to him. Interviewed him on the Drift when I was doing that radio show, and and that was just one of the highlights of my life. Uh, certainly far below having married my wife, but uh, and, and getting <laughs> saved. But anyways, I wanted to thank you for that, and I wanted to give you the opportunity to uh, promote Vote Biblically a little bit. Thanks. We we all love Bill Federer. He's doing such an awesome job, you know, nationally, and um, we all appreciate him. So I'm glad that you um, were blessed by hosting him, and thank you for hosting him. Um, yeah, I'm actually it's an election year, so we're everyone is out there pounding the pavement, and it, we we can't start too early. And so vote biblically. It's really simplistic. We're about voting biblically and getting that message across. Um, and then I'd like to share, I mean, we have an army of warriors, you know, Phil and Ed, you guys are the warriors out there, <laughs> um, but we need to build up our army. Yes. And, so, um, we just had, which was awesome. Um, the March for life, um, you know, that was awesome. The president spoke and I think he spoke about the sanctity of life and how important every life matters. And so I really believe this year that the army is going to rise up. And vote biblically. We always have. Um, we're working on putting a uh, billboards up that say "Vote biblically," 
And we're also, I want you guys to go to the website because it's votebiblically.com. And what we're asking people to do is we have these stickers. It's Vote Biblically 2020. And we need to start being a voice here in Michigan and across the nation. We need to ask people to vote biblically. Allison, and, mm-hmm. you also have yard signs and billboards, right? <laughs> yeah, yard signs. And you know what? I, I thought to myself, I actually, we have a billboard um, that we, billboards we want to put up that says pregnant, undecided with an 800 number. And that 800 number is a national number and it helps, it helps the caller to, to locate a pro-life pregnancy center. So we're working on that, but I thought, you know what, let's put, let's have stickers to put on cars so we can help, we can help people in that way. And it's, you know, the, the stickers are available. They can get them on the website, order them. Um, and we've got to be that voice. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. 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 And um, so, go mm-hmm. ahead. I'm sorry. No, and I'm just going to give you an example. Like, I mean, everybody's really confused, right? We're dealing with, um, you know, same-sex marriage, right? And, and they're teaching this in our schools. Well, the church has to rise up. And going on God's Word, we have, to, we have to stand on the Word of God and use His Word to say marriage is between a man and a woman. And so that's what Paul Biblically is all about. It's about the truth. What is God's truth? And we need to share that with other people and be stand on solid ground and not be confused. You know, and we're seeing churches divided. They're divided because some say same-sex, you know, marriages. Well, that's not of God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was just listening to Trevor Luden on, uh, on Janice's show previous to this, where he mm-hmm. was uh, uh, mentioning something that um, Breitbart had said, that uh, religion informs politics and politics informs the culture. So, you know, we have to be warriors. We have to be on the move to influence politics, which, you know, I think Christianity retreated from politics in the early 1900s. Somehow or other, they felt that it was too worldly to be involved in. Well, I mean, and look where where we're at right now. And, And I believe that we can turn the tide. I was driving down 696, and I saw this huge billboard, and it said, Pure Michigan. Then it had another saying, but the third one was pure cannabis. And I'm like, oh, my G.O.D., that you are advertising a drug. Now in Michigan, recreational marijuana is legal. And that in, in the Word of God, that is a, a drug. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And we're legalizing. We've become, the, the, in politics, we've become the drug dealer. And so, I mean, I really believe that we have to really make a stand. To be clear, and that was what, pure cannabis, mm-hmm. not pure Canada, right? When you first said that, I heard pure <laughs> Canada, and I thought, what? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> no, cannabis. I was like, who would have thought Who would have thought that they would be advertising a drug, in, even in our country, in our nation? Yeah, and it's still a federal be, crime, right? Am I right? It's a federal crime still? Uh, yes, uh, marijuana is is yeah. Still a fair, fair. That's that's uh, that's amazing. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if anybody's paying attention to that because I a lot of places I go to I smell skunk. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's that's marijuana, and I don't know if they're all getting medical cards for that. And then there is no uh, way to determine 
whether or not a person is over the limit with this stuff. Because I've, I've been sitting at the uh, stoplight and a car pull up next to me and I get a whiff of that and I got my windows closed. I mean, this is crazy stuff. Well, it used to be the indicator of somebody driving highways. They were going 10, 15 miles an hour <laughs> yeah. slower than everybody else. And I've been behind a lot of those people lately. So, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but, but, but uh, here we are. We have an illegal drug become legal and there's no sanction to what you or me would get for having an open can of beer in the car. Yeah. We may right. not even be drinking it. Yeah. You know, I mean I I don't I'm not well, saying that I do, but what I'm saying is that if you can smoke marijuana in your car and the police comes up to you and and he can smell the marijuana, but he can't do anything in terms of determining whether or not you are over the limit or yeah. breaking the law. Yep, that's incredible. When if the police see you with a can of beer in the car, you can be drinking it or not. He's going to get some kind of sanction and have you get some kind of a ticket. Funny story, years ago, years ago in my misspent youth, I was driving with a friend of mine and a police car was behind us and she panicked and threw out a baggie and the cops saw it and he got us for littering. Ah. And I said, oh, I, wow. I didn't know, I didn't know she had done it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm arguing with her. We didn't litter. We didn't litter. She says, you want me to go back and find that bag? And she's going, no, it's no, okay. We were littering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was, a, that was better. Well, you know, can, you know what? Did you ever imagine that we would legislate lawlessness? Well, yes, and that, that's what uh, yeah. I was getting ready to get to next. The, the mm-hmm. next thing is they sanction marriage between two men or two women, and the religions are all against this thing. Well, and the libertarians are all about this. Yeah. That's, 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 uh, so we'll get a few calls on that. We're coexisting with stuff that's outside of the law. And well, I mean, and, and we're it's, forced it's like, to you know what, in the Bible, it talks about, it talks about the word of God. Like we need to, we, we follow God, right? Yes. And and that's where that's where the church needs to rise up, and that's where there's a lot of confusion. And if you read, when you change the narrative of anything, like they don't even use the words like we just like abortion. There's there's not the word abortion, murdering a baby, taking a life is murder, and that's yes. what it says in the Word of God. Yes. And so so the narrative is being changed. But I'm believing this year we're going to get back to the truth, the narrative that speaks truth. And God's word speaks truth, and God's word says, a man and woman in marriage. And, and the beauty of family, I mean, God, his word, God wants so much for us, and he has so much beauty for us and so much life for us, and we, we're believing the lies of the enemy. So I, I really believe that once we change the narrative back to the truth, I mean, we're even using illegal illegal immigrants like guys, it's illegal immigrants. Okay, it's not. It's not like legal. You know, and we're giving benefits to illegal means that you've broken the law, and it's like we need to get back to what truth is. You okay, know what I'm and and in the words of Pontius Pilate, what is truth? And Pilate had truth standing right in front of him. And I think there's a. Oh, by the way, the word for sorcery in the Bible, 
is from the mm. Greek pharma, right? Pharmaco right. or something like that? Mm-hmm. And so basically, that word sorcery, you know, means basically drug abusers, drug, people yeah. who are getting getting high yeah. on drugs. And right. uh, But getting back to the truth, if we want to change people's hearts, we can't go to them. I, I'm not sure that we can convince them drugs are bad when they were when they like drugs. You couldn't convince me when I was younger that drugs were bad because for me, drugs were good. They may have been impinging my career, my ability to study, move forward in my academics and, and finish my degree, but hey, they made me feel good. But when somebody confronted me with the truth that Jesus Christ was actually who he was, that the, the uh, prophecies in the Old Testament pointed forward to this one man doing everything he said he was going to do, and he did it, much like Trump. I hate to equate Jesus Christ with Trump, you know? But Jesus Christ followed up on everything that was predicted that he would do. When I saw that, I became convinced he was true. That was the truth. And from there, I had to read what he said and let it influence my life. Any comment? And, you know, and, and really, I mean, for us who are, are believers, we, we are ambassadors for Christ. And so, I mean, it really, I believe that, um, like it says in Second Corinthians 5.28, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And it's really our responsibility as ambassadors for Christ to share the truth. So, I, I mean, I really want to encourage, like, we have to take other steps. We have to really reach out to other people. And I, want, I know it sounds crazy, but if you guys put a sticker on your car that says Vote Biblically 2020, it gets people to think. It gets the conversation going. And, you know, speak, talking to our families, getting people to register to vote. I mean, letting them understand the importance of voting. We live in the most amazing country ever, and everybody wants to come over here. And we have, we, our, our country is really a peaceful country because we believe in God. We believe in Christianity. So, Allison, the, where does somebody get one of those mm-hmm. stickers again? Uh, they can go to votebiblically.com. Do you want Not me to org. spell that? <laughs> Just vote, B-O-T-E, and then biblically, B-I-B-L-I-C-A-L-L-Y.com. And are you on Facebook? Um, you know what we do? They can join Facebook. That would be wonderful. We have Facebook. They can hop on there and join us there. You know, if they want to make any comments, they can actually make a comment on the website or Facebook. That would be wonderful. All right, Allison Murkowski, thank you for calling in. We have another guest calling in right now that you helped arrange. So uh, I want to get back. You said you had uh, actually another interview shortly, so I want to make sure you have time to get prepped for that. And yeah. uh, I want to thank you for calling in. I want to thank you for uh, uh, giving me the connection to the, our next caller. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And God bless you. I appreciate, um, you know, being there. Hi to the, everybody listening. And God bless you guys. And Phil, I'll talk to you soon, okay? All righty. And thanks for calling. And thanks for being in touch. And that information okay. was top flight. Oh, God bless you guys. All thank right. You. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Well, we have another guest calling in, Ann Kilroy. And uh, Ann attended the March for Life in Washington uh, a couple days ago, and she's actually on the road returning from D.C. right now, and she said she'd call in and give us a, uh, a human's eye view of what she saw there. So, uh, Derek, would you bring Ann on the phone, please? Hi, Ann, you there? 
I am. Oh, good. Good to hear from you. Thanks, thanks again for calling in. And uh, I have something I want to play for you in our audience first. Derek, if you don't mind, uh, the clip that I sent you uh, with the president addressing the march. And we'll see if you heard this. Okay. It is my profound honor to be the first president in history to attend the March for Life. We're here for a very simple reason, to defend the right of every child, born and unborn, to fulfill their God-given potential. For 47 years, Americans of all backgrounds have traveled from across the country to stand for life. And today, as President of the United States, I am truly proud to stand with you. All righty then. So, does that sound familiar? It sure does. That's what he said. Great. And uh, did you go there with a group or did you travel by yourself? Uh, I I traveled with my daughter, who's 16, and I met my sister-in-law and three other teenagers there, my nieces and a friend. Okay. And so if somebody wanted to go next year, how would you... um, how would you suggest they arrange to go meet up, be there, lodging, that kind of stuff? What did you have to go through? Uh, well, we were really blessed. We had family staying in Maryland, so we stayed with our family. But um, there's so, I would say there's a lot of resources out there. Uh, there's, our experience was um, that the travel was easy. And that the metro worked really well, and we didn't have problems, you know, getting through through the city um, while we were down there. And uh, they can, uh, like, for instance, our our family from Florida at the very last minute decided to come within like a couple days before, and they were able to get real cheap air flight into Baltimore, you know, airport and. Uh, and, and so, I don't know, I just think God God makes a way to get there. That's how I, I will end it with that. <laughs> well, I believe you there. God makes a way oftentimes, especially for his purposes. I think it was part of his purpose to have that rally there. How many people, not how many people, let me not ask you to do the estimation thing of the size of the crowd. I assume it was crowded from what I saw. It looked like it was a huge, huge crowd, right? Oh, it's tremendous. Um, so we went down three years ago when Vice President Pence was uh, the first person from the White House to ever speak at the rally. That was cool. And uh, this year, we didn't go last year, but this year there were even more people. So it's a, it's a, it's a growing, it's a moving um, and growing uh, movement. And it, it's amazing to be there. And I would encourage anyone with children, I mean, there were small, you know, infants, there were toddlers, there were families who were old. There were people in their 80s. It's a very family-friendly event, and I, and if I could encourage people to um, participate, I would. Don't be afraid of things that you hear in the news. Uh, it's very peaceful. There's an overwhelming presence of love there and uh, a good time. There's, uh, you know, there's so many young people. There's such a tremendous youth movement Um and they sing songs, and they, they dance, and they have fun, and they talk to each other. And it, it's really, 
it's quite different than anything you've ever experienced. Uh, there weren't a lot of uh, protesters, um, very few. There was a couple inside the rally themselves, maybe three or four that we saw out of the thousands and thousands of people. And even along the march, I only saw one young girl holding up a sign. And um, so all I can say is, uh, you know, I, I think it's just covered by God's grace when you go there. And we have a tendency to, uh, there wasn't any really, um, even even the protesters, no one was bad back to them. You know what I mean? They're, they're met with love. And when you're walking in love and you're standing for for love, uh, good things happen. How, how many uh, of these uh, uh, marches on Washington have you attended? Well, this is my second March for Life, but back in the day I was very, very active. Um, so I was there for 2012 for the big Tea Party rally walk where there were millions and millions of people there. And I'm going to tell you that it, a total different flavor so this was, um, this was, because there were a lot of protesters at that time against the Tea Party, but this was something different. There wasn't a lot of protests. It's very peaceful. Yeah, I was, uh, I was at that march myself. Uh, I wanted to attend this march this year, but uh, I, I didn't make the preparations. Had I known the president was going to be there, I would have been there. I would have walked there. But the, <laughs> the, the thing is, the thing is that. It is, he put the beacon on, he put the beacon of the presidency oh, yeah. on this. Showing the spotlight yes. on it. And I'm telling you, I'm yeah. telling you, I believe we have started what needs to be started because Amen. Uh, the, the media does not give these types of uh, demonstrations any coverage if, and as little as they can get away with. And, uh, and, and, by that, I mean, uh, for the last 10, 12, 13 years, I've gone in front of Cobo Hall with the, when, at the annual NAACP dinner, fundraising dinner, and the media has yet to ask anybody anything and put it on the air. And Phil is the host of the, uh, of the abolition, one of the co-hosts of the Abolitionist Roundtable that airs at this radio station on Saturday mornings, and one of their big, big uh, uh, focuses is on uh, abortion. That's the main reason for the show, is the 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 just abandonment of the unborn, at, yeah. at, and, and their well, rights to have an existence. Well, what I think you would find there, Ed, is that. There's a whole generation, generation life coming up. So the seeds of truth of the gospel, the seeds of the gospel of life are being planted. And we're the media. Each one of these kids that I saw, there thousands. I went to Mass that morning with over 15,000 youth from around, I mean, from Missouri, Arkansas, Ohio, Wisconsin. I mean, I'm, I met people from all over the United States there under the age of 20. <laughs> the Eucharist must have remarkable. taken hours. <laughs> <laughs> quite quite remarkable, the seeds that God is planting. And they're going to be the voice. They're the media. They're on social media. They share it with their friends. They talk with them about it at school. This is something that's continuing to grow. Yes. So there's, uh, you're, this is a um, 
evolution, revolution, whatever you want to call it, but it's coming from a great place, and, and God provides the increase. That's why it keeps growing every year. That is and very next year, funny it, to hear. Next year it will be bigger and greater, and, and it will just keep going until um, we know God is the victor, victorious oh. in this issue. Okay, I've got one minute left before the music plays, I think, and we've got to, we've got to move on to commercials. So I, I want to point out that I, I, I want to say that you said something that encourages me that this might actually be the predicate for a revival That's in right. America. Yeah. And right now I want to pray with you, Phil, and anybody else in our audience yeah. joins to pray. Father, please use this. Please bring about a sweeping revival in America. Thank you, Ann. Amen. Thank you very much, Ann. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Where are you now when darkness seems to end? Where are you now when the world is crumbling? Oh, I, I, I hear you say, I hear you say, look up, child. Hey, hey welcome back to Moment of Clarity. Derek, has Rick shown up yet? No, I have not heard from him. <laughs> okay, we'll have to carry on without him, Phil. That's Phil Stargell and I. And I'm your host, Ed Bondarenka, as you may have heard earlier. And um, we are discussing, we've been discussing um, abortion, and basically that hinges on morality in America. Mm-hmm. But like any good radio host, I've done a bait and switch on you to get you to listen to the first half of the show We've prolonged what you really listened in for, which was to hear Moment of Sports with Derek. So I'm not going to promote the agony any longer. I'm going to take it away, Derek. Oh, and he's got the curling news, too. That's what I'm looking at. Good afternoon and welcome to this Moment on Sports. My name is Derek Stone. That fan... That fantastic curling news will be said shortly, but for right now, the Major League, or I should say, the Baseball Hall of Fame will receive two new inductees on July 26th, the first one being Kalamazoo Central High School alum and legendary New York Yankees shortstop Derek Jeter, and the other one is former Montreal Expos, Colorado Rockies, and St. Louis Cardinals first baseman and right fielder Larry Walker. So let's take a look at what made both of these players be eligible to be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, specifically their career stats and achievements, starting off with Jeter, who played for the Yankees from 1995 to 2014. During the regular season, he had a 310 batting average, 260 home runs, 1,311 runs batted in, 377 on-base percentage, 1,082 walks, 3,465 hits, 544 doubles, 66 triples, 1,923 runs scored, 4,921 total bases, and a 976 fielding percentage. During the playoffs, he had a 308 batting average, 
20 home runs, 61 runs batted in. 374 on base percentage, 66 walks, 200 hits, 32 doubles, 5 triples, 111 runs scored, and 302 total bases. He had 10 top 10 finishes in American League batting average, 6 top 10 finishes in AL on base percentage, 12 top 10 finishes in AL runs scored, 12 top 10 finishes in AL hits, three top 10 finishes in AL triples, two top 10 finishes in AL extra base hits, two top 10 finishes in AL assists, and defensively he was pretty good too. He had eight top 10 finishes in AL putouts as a shortstop and four top 10 finishes in AL double plays turned as a shortstop. He was the 1996 American League Rookie of the Year. He won two American League Hank Aaron Awards for being named the best hitter in the AL. He won five Gold Glove Awards, five Silver Slugger Awards. He was a 14-time American League All-Star, the 2000 World Series Most Valuable Player, and he won five World Series titles. And Walker, on the other hand, his career stats and achievements from 1989 to 2005 during the regular season, 313 batting average, 383 home runs, 1,311 runs batted in, 400 on base percentage, 913 walks, 2,160 hits, 471 doubles, 62 triples, 1,355 runs scored, 3,904 total bases, and a 987 fielding percentage. And the playoffs wasn't as good as he was during the regular season, had a 230 batting average, seven home runs, 15 runs batted in, a respectable 350 on base percentage with 16 walks, 23 hits, five doubles, one triple, 18 runs scored, and 51 total bases. He had six top 10 finishes in National League batting average, six top 10 finishes in NL on base percentage, three top 10 finishes in NL runs scored, four top 10 finishes in NL total bases, four top 10 finishes in NL doubles, five top 10 finishes in NL runs batted in, and he also had five top 10 finishes in NL home runs. And uh, as far as defensive play goes, he had three top 10 finishes in NL putouts as a right fielder and seven top 10 finishes in NL assists as a right fielder. He was the 1997 National League Most Valuable Player. He won seven Gold Glove Awards, three Silver Slugger Awards, three NL batting titles, and he was a five-time NL All-Star. And as I promised you earlier, the curling news that I will mention for today's program, the U.S. Curling Junior National Team won the gold medal last Saturday out in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. So congratulations to that fine group of players. That was the under-21 team that competed for the United States at that competition. That's my moment on sports. Ed and Phil, go ahead and take it away. Well, that's good news. I mean, yeah, I'm sure Pastor Rick would be thrilled about the curling news, too. He he should be calling in any minute. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Oh, speaking of which, callers. Well, let's get to Ken. He's been waiting patiently, although I know he thoroughly enjoyed listening to Moment on uh, Sports also, so there is that. So, uh, hey, Ken, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, enjoying the uh, broadcast. And, 
Because of the importance of the topic that you uh, had on uh, dealing with uh, voting biblically, I just want to repeat a recommendation that I made on this show before, because I believe it's important, uh, especially since I'm sure from time to time you get different listeners. Now, to vote biblically, we have to know biblically, which means we got to dig in Scripture and understand what does the Bible say. And with so many Bibles on the shelf today, it gets very confusing. And so as someone that has actually spent many years digging word for word uh, into the Hebrew and the Greek, I make the following recommendations in modern English. I find that the most precise is the New King James Bible. If someone wants something that is very precise, that I highly recommend. And one translation that I identify as being the most unreliable, especially since it was deliberately created as a gender-neutral translation, the New International Version. The non-inspired version. What? The non-inspired version. Yes, the non-inspired version. Yes. It's a horrible translation. Um, I'm talking about the one that's currently in print, uh, not the old 1984. That was a bad translation, but a usable one. But the current one is horrible. It has no business in the church and no business in the home. You're right. Hey, Ken? So, Ken? Yeah. I, you and I, uh, amazing. We're in total, 100% harmony and agreement on this. Uh, in my Bible study at church, I promote the New King James Version. Uh, my pastor has taken our church from the NIV to the NKJV uh, for many reasons, and uh, mostly being that if you're following along in the King James, like my wife does, you don't get lost, whereas if you're trying to follow along somebody in the NIV, in the King James, you get lost. So having said all that, and getting back to voting biblically, are you voting in this fall's election? Uh, I will be voting for Donald Trump for president. What changed but, your mind, sir? Well, I was never changed as far as Donald Trump. Uh, what I will be looking for is that if the Republican Party makes a mistake, or individual Republicans make a mistake and support the rainbow flag, I cannot vote oh, I agree. for that candidate. I agree. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much for that clarification. It's good news. I appreciate it. Thanks good to hear lot. from you, Ken. Thank you. Have you a blessed day. Care. All right. Bye. So, uh, like we discussed, we were going to get swamped with callers. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, should we take Joe and change the subject, or we should try and stay with the subject and go, well, let's, let's take Joe. He was here first. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Good afternoon, Joe. I'm doing good, guys. you. Oh, we lost you on the beep, beep part. Say it again. Oh, <laughs> I'm doing good. How about you guys? Just fine, Terrific. thank you. What can and we do no, for you? No, I won't. Well, you kind of changed the subject, whether Ken was going to vote for Trump, so I will repeat I did not vote for Donald Trump or Hillary, obviously, in 2016, but he has absolutely earned my vote for 2020. But I love it when left-wing communist loons constantly bemoan, you cannot 
legislate morality. Well, thou shalt not kill in the commandments, and murder is illegal. Oh. We have always legislated a degree of morality, Joe. and that also needs to apply to abortion. Joe, give me one second. You've been watching my page on Facebook today? Uh, no. Did you say something similar? Yes. Basically, I came up with a tagline and a comment to somebody else's blog, and then I, I actually made it my profile photo. It basically says something like, Democrats don't want us to legislate morality. They want the judges to adjudicate morality. Yep. Yep. Is yep. that clever? That's Is very, that clever? Huh? Very good. Yeah. That's very good. <laughs> And then you guys both know, I've written an article long ago, liberals' religion is government. Their motto, separation from church to state, which details in length how you cannot be a real Christian and a Democrat. Jesus was not a socialist. Redistribution is not charity. Vote biblically means you cannot vote for a Democrat, no matter how supposed conservative that Democrat is because they put the pro-abortion Pelosi's and Schumer's in charge if they get control because you vote for a supposed moderate Democrat. I read something where today where Bill Maher had just recently said Democrats were wrong on their on-block support of abortion. And, hmm. and it, it just really surprised the daylights on me. He says, hey, at least Bill Clinton would give lip service to, uh, hey, it should be rare, right? It yeah. should be legal and rare. Yeah. Whereas right. Democrats today anymore. are all saying, kill the babies. Yes. And that's, that's not going to resonate the with the American better. people. Yeah. yeah, Bill Maher is, uh, every once in a blue moon, like once every six months, he says something like, he really? Did he really say that? Yeah, stop yeah. clock. Like, wow, uh, stop clock right twice, you know, twice yep. a day kind of principle. Yep. So right, anything well, else, you, sir? My friends, I love you both. Take uh, care. God bless. And right. yes, vote biblically. It means you cannot vote Democrat. Read, read your Bible, people. All right. Thanks Thank for calling in, Joe. God bless you. Thank you very stop, much. Stop trying to twist it to fit your worldly agenda. You are supposed to fit your worldly agenda to the Bible. All right. I like that. I yeah. like that. That's that's what we were. Uh, Janice's guest was saying earlier. You know, let your uh, uh, politics drive your, let your religion drive your yeah, politics yeah. instead yeah, well, of the other way around. Good thing there's a book by Neil Mammon. Neil Mammon. Jesus is involved in politics. Highly recommend it. Jesus is involved in politics. Your church should be involved. And, you know, the black churches often are, and many of those pulpits are bought and paid for by the DNC. It's a shame. Okay. Hey, Joe, being a caller myself, I know what it's like to wait interminably for somebody else to get off the phone after they, especially when yeah. the three minutes All ago right. they said yeah, goodbye. All right, talk right. to you later. But I know that's the boat Walter's in right now, and yeah. now he's all wound up, aren't yeah, you, Walter? Oh, yeah, Get, hang on. That's right, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's up, Walter? I love you guys to death, man. All right. All right, feelings mutual. Now give me a, now give me a $20 loan, man. <laughs> That's how I test your Christian love right there. And I up to Annie on how many dollars you should loan me. But anyway. Check is in the mail. <laughs> yeah, check is in the mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Listen, man, Joe kind of took words out of my mouth, man. And let me add something to it. Any Christian or Bible? Oh, that's right. Let me let me let me back it up a little bit. Vote vote biblically unless you go to a jackass tabernacle black church. Right? <laughs> that's right. That's not a cuss word. That's in the Bible. It's <laughs> a donkey. You know, speaking that's of voting you. biblically and and morally. Phil was showing me uh, something here that he had seen recently about uh, Bloomberg said that if he was elected president, he'd put his girlfriend in the White House, and his girlfriend would be the uh, first lady. lady, And I thought, oh, my goodness, that's a real choice to make between him and Buttigieg, you know, (laughs) whereas it would be his boyfriend would be the first lady. We need to vote biblically, folks, to avoid these kind of constitutional— Conundrums. What, what hole did, what grave did they dig uh, Bloomberg out of? And that Tom Steyer, what, what hole did they dig him out of? But anyway. Money hole. They you, got the money. Vote, the vote for, we need to get some bumper stickers going. We you need know, to get some bumper stickers and the ag going. Well, the, the bumper sticker, right. like Allison said, is vote biblically, you yes, know? Yeah. Vote but, biblically and to vote for a Democrat at, put up under there to vote biblically and have a scripture, but, and, but right up under there. If any person claims to vote to be a Christian and vote for a Democrat, he is sinning against his God. Hey, real quick, you mentioned Tom Steyer. Did you see after the debate where uh, uh, Bernie and and uh, Warren were going at it about calling each other liars, and then Tom Steyer walks up and says, oh, "Oh, I just I just want to say hi, Bernie," <laughs> yeah. like fanboy. Yeah. You know, multimillionaire Tom yeah. Steyer goes up to. Communist Bernie Sanders, who throw him in the real re-education camp, yes. you know, immediately upon yeah. election, and Steyer is sucking up to him, and then he did it later in another event. I heard the Steyer went up, as yeah, he just won, and Bernie blew him off. Oh. <laughs> yeah, just just was rude to him and blew him off. I mean, at the debate, yeah. it was you could have said, "Hey, well, I'm busy. I just got done with Warren," you know. But in this case, no, he distanced himself from Steyer altogether. Wow. And I mean that that just struck. Well, he, they they distance themselves from anybody that's making money, and yeah. I don't know why anybody that makes money would be in the Democrat Party. Yeah, well, I Bloomberg do. himself, I don't get it. Here, here, either. tax me. I can afford it. Yeah. Jeez. Because that guy Steyer claimed to be a, a professing born again Christian, if I'm not mistaken. Which one? Tom Steyer. I had not heard that. I'd I be so so he couldn't survive. <laughs> That that's the first thing they'd ask him in a debate. Are you sir a born again oh, Christian? Yeah, they'd, they'd oh, okay, off the there. stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I think I kind of heard that from somebody, but uh, I wouldn't. Man, that guy, that guy ain't got enough Christianity to last a midnight snack. Man, that's how much Christianity he got. But uh, okay. let no last until breakfast. But uh, yeah, man, it's. A, oh, I want to throw this out there real quick. Have you guys noticed, and let's, I'm just putting out a be, be aware, be on, be on guard against Democrats that's running, and they've already slipped out two words that's abomination to them, democracy and constitution. If they get closer to the election, and Hillary did it too, it's about every Democrat that runs for president or anything. Toward the end, when the votes begin to get tallied up, or right the day of the election, up to the day, they're going to want to start. They're going to, they're going to start trying to sound more conservative. That's mm. the trick. Mm. 
I noticed that with them Democrats. They've started to almost like, wait a minute, this guy, man, they want to bring about confusion, a state of confusion, but they're going to try to start sounding more, you know, moderate, more conservative. And God, God is not the author of what? Confusion. Yeah, God is not the author of confusion. So you see confusion, folks. It ain't God. That's God right. ain't there. I know, but be aware. Be aware of these demon murdercrats. Never count them out. And be and these people. Oh, they mean well. Even the greatest, the, the best of them, on this station and other good stations that we all listen to. They they've got it all summed up already. Trump is going to win in the landslide. Don't say that. It's way too early. Don't say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, please. Those Democrats, man, they will pull every devilish trick out of their head up until the last minute. Voter fraud is rampant. And we can't have voter apathy. One That's thing right. that I'm hoping that this this does, this and like the gun rights rallies yeah. and the, um, the uh, um, my goodness, the... The, the constant coup attempts, but the impeachment, yeah. yeah, the whole impeachment yeah. thing. I hope that gets people so fired up. You know, did you hear this guy? Um, in fact, I got a clip of it. I don't know if we have time to play it now, but did you hear this father talking to uh, Warren about school debt the other day? I heard it. It was kind of low. It's kind of low. You had to really... Yeah, that's why really, I, I really... In fact, I think I'm going to read it because it's too awkward. Awkward to um, listen to on the radio, but uh, basically, Mrs. Warren, Ms. Warren had proposed to cancel 640 billion in student loans, and uh, this guy comes up to her and says, "In Iowa, he says, I just want to ask one question. My daughter is getting out of school. I've saved all my money. She doesn't have any student loans." Mrs. Warren nods and says, "God bless you." Mm. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> Pelosi would praise for people, and he says, "Am I going to get my money back?" Well, of course not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says, so you're going to pay for people who didn't save any money. And those of us who did the right thing get screwed. He says, my buddy had fun, bought a car, went on vacations. I saved my money. He made more than I did, but I worked a double shift, worked extra. My daughter's worked since she was 10. And my buddy's daughter is going to get off free. He's going to get off free. I'm adding that part, yeah. but you know that's that's what's implied, and she just laughed at him, and then she tried to explain it later, and really dug herself in deeper. Yeah, and I'm trusting that people are going to see this. Guys like him, this is guy. This guy is a Democrat. Yeah, at a, at an Iowa rally for Warren, he's got this question for her. You know. Hopefully, and that's the kind of stuff. She didn't have an answer. She, yeah. she basically said, I'm going to get me a beer. That's yeah. what she was trying to do. Well, it's like the ant and the grasshopper. Yeah. What's, is it the ant and the grasshopper was the fable? Yeah. You the, know. the one worked all summer and the other one partied all summer. Exactly. And, and people are going to respond to that because there's even a biblical parable about the, the, the uh, who is it that works in the parable? Not the parable, a proverb. Walter, can you help me out here? You're good at Bible. Okay, depends on where you're going with that. Proverb that talks about what? Uh, basically, there's a there's a comparison about those who slumber and those who work, and part of voting biblically, part of voting morally, yes, is is to support candidates who don't steal from yes, you right. or steal from <laughs> others to give to you. That's so. right. It those also it says a little sleep, a little slumber. That's it. A little fo- too much folding of the hands, yo. Political poverty, or in that case, spiritual poverty, 
shall come upon you or when it comes to working, also in the natural. So it's trifold, but yes, you can apply the same principle, a little sleep, too much slumber, a little apathy, a little lukewarmness. If it keeps you home from the poles, your poverty or your misery or your destruction to a democrat, this in office will come up on you like an armed man. Did I ever tell you that, that Walter used to contribute to my Bible study? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to sit in my Bible study. Well, he's a gentleman and a scholar. I yes, can tell he is. you that. Yes, yes. Well, thanks, Walter. I appreciate you calling in thanks, and contributing Look. the way that you did. Thank you very much. God bless you. Love you guys to death, man. See you later. All right. All righty. So we got a couple minutes left. I don't see any more. I thought I saw like three calls pop up while Walter was calling, and then the the board went down again. You want to? No, I want you to. Oh, okay. First, folks, I went back into my file and my stack of stuff, and and I'm this is May 2014. Nearly one third of all pregnancies in the city of Detroit end in abortion. A statistic public health officials blame on rising poverty and dwindling access to affordable contraception. Of an estimated 18,000 pregnancies, 5,693 ended up in abortion, or 31%. That that is compares lightly to New York, yeah. which is over 50%. All right, and on that note, vote biblically, folks. We love you. We'll see you next week. Pastor Rick will be back. You Things will get better. to a moment of clarity on Wham Talk 1600 with your hosts, Pastor Richard Dietering and Phil Starchill. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on Wham Radio.